Good evening. It is Tuesday, July 26th, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show post. Live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg. I'm joined by three of my partners in crime. We got Ed in the building. What's going on, Ed? How you feeling? I feel good. Good, good. good to see everybody this uh, this evening. Uh, let's talk some sports. Let's do this. J3 is in the building. What's up, my brother? Good evening, fellas. How y'all doing? Good. And last but definitely not least, the professor is in the building. What's going on, partner? What's up, gentlemen, man? Let's let's praise the Lord for real, because let's get the energy up. Let's talk sports. Let's worry about the other stuff after we done. So good to see y'all. Likewise. Sounds like a plan. This evening, we're going to give you some quick hits. And then we're going to talk about a, a sport we don't get into a lot. But we're going to cover the track and field world championships that just completed at the University of Oregon this past weekend. We're going to hit on the uh, the boys of summer, Major League Baseball. You see Professor's got his background, right? They, we, we got another Field of Dreams uh, yes, game sir. coming, I think, next month, I believe. And yes. then, of course, we got to talk NFL. Uh, so as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Please sit back, relax, enjoy posts on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. For you tennis fans out there, this weekend, if you happen to be in the DMV area, the City Open begins this Saturday in Washington, D.C. It's already had a nice feel, but one of the living legends, Miss Venus Williams, is slated to play her first singles event in over a year. Um, Venus just added herself to the event uh, late last week, and her and Serena are also slated to play in the National Bank Tournament in Toronto next month in preparation for them possibly playing in the U.S. Open at the end of August. Um, so if you enjoy tennis or if you just want to be see a part of history, I would highly recommend if you're going to be in the Washington, D.C. area this weekend, try to catch uh, Venus there. Um, but definitely come end of August if they stay healthy and they play in the U.S. Open. I would highly recommend if you can make it up to New York, make it up to the U.S. Open because there's a good chance this might be this last year that we see them playing major tennis. Yeah, real quick, Big Reg, I'd just like to send a shout out to the Venus, uh, the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena, um, and they always have supported uh, the, the city open in D.C. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for that um, continued support, Williams sisters, uh, and we look forward to seeing you in the DMV this weekend. Also in the tennis field, we got to say congrats to Coco Golf. Mm-hmm. Coco Golf just announced and is playing in her brand new, soon to be released, first signature shoe ever, the New Balance CG1. Is, yes. Coco still a, is Coco still a teenager? Has she hit 18 yet? Well, she just graduated. She just graduated. Yeah, so she's 18. Well, she's an yeah. adult, but she is she still in, in her teens, right? Yep. Okay. Yes, yes. So uh, Coco becomes... She joins the likes of Serena and Venus as being one of the few 
female tennis players to ever to have their own signature shoe. And right now, she is the only female tennis player that has a current signature shoe. Now, of course, the queen, Serena, still plays in her Serena Nikes, but they haven't released a new version of that in a couple of years. So shout out again to Coco Golf. That's huge. That's huge. And to do that with the company she stayed with, New Balance stepping up and putting that out is big time. Got to let y'all know, get y'all on alert for this weekend, because this weekend is going to be um, real, real interesting in, in, in the events of combat sports. On Saturday, two events, big events on Saturday. Uh, for boxing on Showtime, Danny Garcia faces Jose Benavidez Jr. in his first bout at 140 pounds, which is junior middleweight. Danny Garcia, the former welterweight champion, uh, finally moved up in the weight, so he's going take his chances at the 140-pound belt. They've got a nice card underneath that, unlike some of those Golden Boy promotions. So if you enter boxing, you got some good stuff coming over the next few weeks in boxing. And then UFC 277 is this Saturday, and it features two rematches for titles. Yes, yes. The, the yes. co-main event is Brandon Marino takes on Kai Kara France for the flyweight title. This is their second time. Kai Kara France actually beat Marino their first time fighting. Marino now has the belt. And in the main event, a rematch of possibly the second biggest upset in women's yes. uh, MMA Redemption. history. Amanda Nunes tries to get her belt back from Juliana Pena, who going into that fight told everybody that she wasn't just going to beat Nunes, that she was going to submit her. And did what she said she was going to do and walked it down. Broke my heart, man. <laughs> I don't know. Broke so, my heart. Hey, hey, but real quick, can we talk about that uh, Garcia fight? I mean, who y'all liking? Because you just like set it and skip right over it. You ain't even get into it. Or oh, you don't think it's going to be a good match? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a good fight. But whenever you go up and wait, especially when the weight started adding significant, he's going up seven pounds in weight. Uh, Benavidez Jr., is a former title contender at 140. So he's going up against a real junior middleweight. So it, it, it that's going to be an interesting contest for Garcia. So who are you liking it? Because I'm thinking Be Be Benitez is should take it. If he sticks to his plan and boxes him and doesn't try to brawl with him, I think he can take him. He can definitely win the fight. If Garcia is just fighting just to stay relevant, then Benavidez should win. Mm -hmm. if, if Garcia is back wanting to win a title again and just realized that his body just couldn't stay at welterweight and is re-energized, Danny Garcia was one of the best boxers in, in, in boxing for, for a long time. But with money comes, you know, that, that old saying, when you start buying mansions, sleeping on silk sheets, it's hard to get up and run early in the morning and get ready for a big fight. So, but didn't didn't Danny Garcia attempt to go up earlier? Did, did he? Did no, you talking about Mikey Garcia? Mikey, that's right, that's right, that's right. Who just announced he retired? Right. right, okay, I got yeah. you. So it should be a um, pretty good matchup. I think it's going to be a good fight. If Danny Garcia is serious about chasing another title, he he should win. You think it's going to go the distance? 
Uh, no. No. Somebody get knocked out. Really? Somebody get knocked out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that should so, be a good fight. But you know all I care about is Nunez redeeming herself and getting back on top. Because that, that last fight broke my heart. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. Again, when you got two belts, you became a multimillionaire coming from Brazil where you didn't have anything. You done bought your dream house, got married, had a child. In, in those kind of professions, if you ain't all in and you it got shows. somebody that's hungry, yep, it shows. trying to prove themselves, yep. yeah, that, that's a problem. Yeah, yep. there, there, there's, very, that, there's a reason why very few champions in combat sports retire undefeated. Exactly. It's definitely a reason. Yeah, because the hunger, oh, yeah. the hunger dissipates. Oh, yeah. The hunger dissipates. You beat me on my head. Oh, she's kicking me in my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, I got six million in the bank. What am I doing? What am I doing exactly? Why am I here taking this? Absolutely. And last but not least, we got to give a shout out to the WNBA. You know, we try to support uh, women's sports in general. Um, the WNBA, their season basically has three weeks left in the regular season uh, before they start their brand new playoff format, which is nice because all, all there will be no automatic buys for the first round for teams. Each team will have um, will get uh, first rounds will be three three game series the second rounds will be five game series and championship will be five game series so if you can give a chance if you haven't already did that um check out the WNBA including tonight they're having a second annual commissioner's cup now that's going to be on prime video but it's the two top teams in the league this year the defending champions Chicago Sky against the Las Vegas Aces and that should be a fabulous game uh, in this game, because this is a special game, kind of like an in-leagues uh, uh, kind of championship that they built into the WNBA, um, the winner, winning teams players get an extra $30,000 each. The losing team gets an extra $10,000. That also shows the disparity where they're having this special cup. And $30,000 is more than 10% of the highest paid players in the mm. WNBA's salary. So mm. this is a significant uh, right. cash incentive for these ladies. So, Yeah. So Ted Jerker for me, I got to mention it while watching Sue Bird and who I feel is the greatest. I'm a huge Diana Taurasi out of UConn fan, watched her whole career. Just, I mean, our basketball aficionados aren't on here tonight, but that felt like the Isaiah Thomas Magic Johnson moment in the championship when they, you know, hugged and kissed and stuff like that, man. I, I was just like, wow, it's the last time we're going to see them do their thing on, on the court. And both of them had phenomenal careers. Just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount, the players that uh, Oriema put out of UConn. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. And the fact that they are doing what they're doing is amazing. To uh, Tarasi's in her 19th season and Sue Bird's in her 20th season is great. So, 
Shout out to both. Um, all right, let's get into the track and field. For the first time ever, the world championships were held in the U.S. Uh, we mentioned that to y'all last week. But it, in, instead of the world championships, it turned out into the American Track Invitational. <laughs> the women's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you generally would see a little bit of bump for the home team if, when they're hosting an event like this. But what the Americans did was pretty impressive. Um, they set a world championship record with 33 medals, 13 of which were gold. Wow. Uh, only one under the record for gold medals in the championship. So that's the overall view. But the biggest story to me was the passing of the torch. Yes. Yes. Of the queen of at least American track and field and possibly the queen of track and field, period. Um, the most decorated athlete, male or female, in world championship history, mm. Allison Felix, with mm -hmm. 20 medals, mm -hmm. competed in her last U.S. team event ever. But she not only competed in her last event, she literally got up off the couch and competed a significant contribution. Allison Felix is phenomenal. I don't even know if we realize how... Do you think us Americans, no, sports don't. fans, realize how phenomenal she... Like, no. not only how great her career it has been mm -mm. on the field, or, well, in her case, the track, but how she's represented herself off, off the track. You've never heard one peep mm -hmm. of anything out of this right. woman. Nope. Now, from the time she right. turned professional at, I believe, 17. Right. Till now, is she, has she, is she 30, what is Allison, about 37, 38 years old? Something, 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 yeah, something, something like that. that range. Never heard of peep. And for whatever reason, you know, if she was a male, if she was a male athlete, uh, track athlete, and, and I know track's not one of our major sports, so to speak, um, and you usually only really... Uh, celebrate and glorify track athletes uh, once every four years for the most part. Um, even though we do have world championships and other major events throughout the throughout the uh, the year, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. it's sad that it's really sad that she's bowing out gracefully again, um, a champion again, and and it's like we we mean in the general sports public. I don't even know if we celebrate her enough. I really don't. We That's don't. We don't. That's how great she's been. And I'll say this, Ed. You know, and I don't know if it's just on on the women's side or what the case might be, but for an athlete that has accomplished as much as she has, she should not only uh, have the act. Well, she has the accolades because she earned them, but she should have the endorsements. She yes. should have the spotlight. But the issue that I have is that the spotlight is on the other track and field woman that can't even get herself together to make it to this stage <laughs> but the differences <laughs> in their personalities their behavior things of that nature why is one put on the stage to show you know how she is the criticism all that stuff but then a woman that should be propped up and shown for everything that she's done since you know folks like jackie joiner kersey and and and, and track runners like that yeah Flo Flo Joe. Joe. 
and right. it just it just hurts another one that died too soon and it just hurts that she isn't getting that same type of recognition that she really really deserves and i, I don't know what it is but that's that's the differences that makes me upset about the about the whole thing go ahead big rage drop that bomb <laughs> allison felix bucked the system alex allison felix biggest contribution to track and field will be off the off the field when she went public against nike when she was pregnant and they told her because she was pregnant they were going to reduce her salary by 40 percent to 40 percent not by 40 percent to 40 percent because she wasn't going to be able to run and she fought and ended up letting that contract expire and actually sued nike uh, for discrimination uh, dealing with pregnancy uh, which is against the law mm -hmm. um, federal law she she changed the world of women's sports especially for track athletes because that was common practice she was lucky enough that they were only going to reduce it to 40 percent. most of them would be dropped immediately yeah. once they told their sponsors that they were pregnant yeah. which is which is mm. crazy that, that doesn't even make yeah. sense in the 2000s and the 2000s yeah. and, 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 and uh, real quick just what, what what you were speaking on professor as far as um how we celebrate i think we have a, a a problem when we celebrate dysfunction and i'm not i'm not criticizing anybody's backgrounds or anybody's lifestyles but i'm just saying when we criticize dysfunction and chaos let's say chaos instead of dysfunction and not celebrate an athlete of Allison's stature and the way she is represented, not only herself, but as you mentioned, Big Reg, women, it, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. But nevertheless, congratulations to Alex. Mm -hmm. Alex and and not sorry, to Alex. beat it, but you just, Big Reg brought up another point. Then <laughs> why is someone like Megan Rapino who took on an establishment, why is she getting ESPYs and things of that nature being credited for moving women's soccer in other areas of the sport the way that it was, but yet Allison Felix didn't get the credit she deserved for standing for herself and other women, you know, who may be competing with pregnancies and things of that nature and even beyond that. So you just raised another point on the other side. We know well, the answer already, to it, yeah, but, I'm you just, know the yeah, answer to that. but I'm just putting it out there. That, again, here's a woman that should be celebrated on both sides, standing up for herself, which she's done off the field and on the field and track. And we have to stand on our soapboxes just to just to praise her for what she's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Felix was only supposed to one run event, um, what is called the mixed uh, four by 400 relay which two legs are won by, run by men, two legs run by women, which was one of the first events of the championship. So um, the championship was 10 days long, ended Sunday. So I think she ran that maybe uh, the first Tuesday of the event. And as Allison Felix normally does, she blistered her leg of the, of the 4 by 400 When she gave the baton off, they had a lead. The team had a lead, and unfortunately, the, the anchor, the young lady, uh, just fell apart in the last 100 and got passed. They ended up with bronze. So Team USA wasn't happy with that, the way that ended. They wanted Allison to go out on top. So Allison went back home, 
to California, chilling. Literally. US, <laughs> Team USA said, hey, we want you to come on back and run in the women's 4x400 because we want you to go out with a gold medal. Just come in, run one of the preliminaries because all the runners, even the ones in the preliminary rounds, get medals. So she ran her leg in the uh, semifinals of the 4x400 and set it up for the finals. Monsters. Who she passed mm. the torch to, mm. who is her teammate, mm. who is she's mentoring mm-hmm. now. The 22-year-old new queen of U.S. track and field, Sydney McLaughlin. Sid. Ran yes. a Sid yes. kid. Under yes. 48-second last yes. leg of her relay. Yes. <laughs> and she did it with nobody within 50 yards of her. Not at all. I mean, it was ridiculous. She didn't have to run hard like that. Oh, no, 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 she, no. Yeah, she they really did not have to show off. But that's just dinner, though. That's just dinner. She got that dog mm-hmm. in her. And she yeah. said she wanted to make sure that Allison went out the right way so they that's was going right. to do the thing right and give it that's all they right. had. So shout out to Sydney McLaughlin, oh, who awesome. not only won that gold medal, but in her actual primary event, the 400-meter hurdles, she not only won the gold medal, she shattered her own mm-hmm. world record. She lowered her world record by over seven-tenths of a second. Mm. And if you follow anything in track and field, when when world records are broken, it's usually by hundreds, mm-hmm. not tenths, much less almost a full second. Mm-hmm. She ran that race so fast that she could have taken her finals race in the 400-meter hurdles, and that would have qualified her for the sixth best spot in the 400 meter finals in women's straight 400, no hurdles. Wow. That's, I'll be wow. That, say that again. Wow. That, I don't think people understand wow. how, how dominant that is. How yeah. dominant that is. The first woman ever under 51 seconds in the 400 meter hurdles, that pace was fast enough that she would have been six in the 400 meters running against people who weren't running hurdles and she was running hurdles. So mm. let's put this in perspective. Mm, mm, She's mm. 22 years old. 22. She has at least, even conservatively, even if she's like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get this money together and I'm going I'm to I'm bounce. Because she just got married. So, mm-hmm. you know, she maybe she wants to, you know, move on to business or, you know, while starting a fan, et cetera. But she's 22, say 10 more years. Exactly. Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. She hadn't even hit oh. her physical prime yet. She's not even. Nope. She's still. I mean, I'm not calling her a kid to disrespect her, but her body isn't even matured yet. She's 22. Yeah. Right. <laughs> scary. Oh, scary. So we literally had a passing of the torch, which is crazy. And to be teammates and to have the same coach, Bob Kersey, who is a wizard when it comes to uh, women's track. Uh, the brother of Jackie Joyner. Mm-hmm. They, they, they doing their thing, so shout out. We also got to give a shout out to another phenom. Just turned 20 year old. A thing move. Continued her unbelievable streak. She hasn't lost an 800 meter race in almost three years. And she make it look so easy. She make it look so easy. <laughs> and, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Is 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 Miss Moo? The first American to dominate that 
or win gold in that 800 me, uh, 800 meter distance. Yes. I think that's, yes. I think if yes. I'm not mistaken, yes. she's yes. 20. Yes. She's 20. Yes. <laughs> Oof. And, and when she, when she's running and she stretched it out at the end of the 800, it, it, it's ridiculous. So to be, again, to have these two young ladies at those ages dominating world track and field is crazy. Now we got to give a shout out to some other people that broke world records. And at the world championships, if you break a world record, you get a $100,000 bonus off the top. No, plus whatever your track federation is going to give you for doing that. Nigeria's Toby Amusen won the gold medal in the 100 meter hurdles, women's hurdles, and she broke the world record in a time of 12.12 seconds, which is phenomenal. It, that was literally more than a half second better than her best, personal best ever. So shout out to her. And one of my stories that I enjoy, Louisiana's own and LSU's Armand Duplantis. Um, if you don't follow pole vault and you'd never hear from this guy, but this kid has been a pole vaulting phenom since he was six years old. Mm-hmm. His parents, his mother and father were both pole vaulters. His mother's from Sweden. They came over to the U.S. He was born in Louisiana. They started training him to do the pole vault at the age of six in their backyard. They're still his coaches today. He raised his world record to 20 feet, four and a half inches. That's crazy. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. 20, 20 feet. Crazy. That is crazy. 20 wow. feet. That, that's crazy. That's unreal. Yeah. Now, just, so, just, go, just yeah. goes to show hard work pays off. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that when you become a prodigy of something, Ooh. you can take take that event to heights that people never thought. Uh, and he try, he honors his mother. He actually competes for Sweden, mm-hmm. which is not big in track and field, but to help to honor his mother and help their country and all that, he competes for Sweden. Right. But shout out, young man. Definitely. And last but not least, we got to talk about Virginia's own. That's right. Mr. Noah Lyles set the American record in the 200 meters passing a great Michael Michael Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, nice. Held that record for 26 years. Nice. Yeah. I mean, 19.31 in the 200. And the scary part is Noah did well when in the 200. The U.S. men, I told y'all last week, they swept the 100. They also swept the 200. Um, Kenny Bednarik came in second. But there's an 18-year-old teenager, Arian Knighting, who just came out of, he had been a high school phenom, but he has jumped on the professional scene. He came in third. For his age, Arian Knighting is running a half a second faster than Usain Bolt was running at the same time. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. I, let, let's, let's, before we get it, <laughs> That's let's, awesome. ce- let's celebrate uh, the DMV's own T.C. Nope. Williams, formerly T.C. Williams. I think it's called Alexandria, Alexandria City High School now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the same high school, if everyone remember the Titans. That's mm-hmm. that's that's where Noah Lyles is, is from. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he 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 was a, and is, he was a phenom as well. Because he went from high school to professional. He's supposed to go to the University of Florida. Skip that. 
and and went on to uh, obviously, you know, make himself, his family, and America proud. So mm-hmm. no allows. Mm-hmm. That's that's good job, DMV. Mm-hmm. One thing about Noah, it's got to be hard being his twin brother, though. Yeah, but he, he, <laughs> hey, it's got to be hard. But but because he runs track and field too. But you can he's a pro. But yeah. well, 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 yeah. Professor Jay's boy, uh, uh, Greek freak, got a couple. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, they, right. Sometimes you just got to hold on. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, you got yeah. it. Good comp. That was a good one. Speaking mm-hmm. of that, it, they just signed his younger brother right. to no, their G No, he can't ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is crazy. All right, let's move on to Major League Baseball news. Probably the biggest news out there right now. Trade lines, trade deadlines a week away. Mm-hmm. Professor, mm-hmm. what are these nationals going to do with Juan Soto? Yeah, so the problem is, is that the best or worst kept secret around the league is that the learners are going to sell the team. And what do you do with a player, a great player, high-priced player? I mean, to keep him, you raise the value of your team. So logically, I do not understand the type of fire sale that they're trying to have now for Juan Soto because we're talking upwards of $500 million that he's going to command on the open market. So before everybody freak out, you know, that brings the Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, and one other team to the table that can afford to pay this type of player, that type of money to come in. And I'm going to say this, because y'all know I'm a Bronx Bomber fan, with Stanton continuously getting hurt, you know, their deep pockets can pull a Juan Soto in, you know, before the trade deadline. Because as you know, and we'll touch on in a minute, the Yankees are the hottest team in baseball. Having Juan Soto now on that team just just puts pushes the ante up for them to be able to finally win a World Series. So it's been too long for bless you. It's been too long for them. But the Nationals are not doing this right. But we've seen it with, with Harper. We've seen it with uh, with um, uh, Rendon. We've we've seen it with uh, uh, well, they paid Strasburg and he can't even get on the field anymore. <laughs> and we saw them give up on Mad Max a little bit too soon. But yeah, even before Turner. all of them, right? And Turner, Trey Turner, and even before that, they gave up a little bit too soon on Jason Worth. So their 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 track record is there, and. They squeezed out a World Series. We'll, we'll give that to them. Very happy because that, that's the home team. But they really don't do business well when it pertains to their star players and putting a face on the franchise. After they get the glory, it's like now they allow the player to move on. But the black, I mean, I guess you can't use blackballing, but to leak the terms of a contract and then try to embarrass the player because he he pushed back and told you I'm worth more than that. I mean that they're, they're, they're idiotic in this ownership. I really wish you know Ted Leonsis could pony up the money to get this team, but I just don't see that happening. So let me ask you a question, Professor. If you were if you were doing business, right? Now I'm just being I'm just being a, a you know I'm just trying to look at it at a different angle. You you let me know what you think. If you were running this, if you were running a business, would your baseball team? And I think you alluded to it. Would it be more valuable with 
um, a $500 million contract over its head or a farm system stocked with blue chip prospects and you can build it and shape it and mold it in your own right with a, with a salary cap or payroll, I should say, that's manageable. What, like what now? Even though Soto to me is a commodity because he's twenty three years old, right? He's still so, young. So, worst case scenario, you sign him to a, a manageable contract. These ten year, thirteen year contracts that to me that doesn't make sense. Do a four year, do a five year. That way, you still have a commodity on your hand that you can move. Uh, for, for for both the player as well as the team, what what is your read on that? What would you rather have? My, that that was all. That was my question. Would you would you rather have the the blue chippers in the minor leagues, or would you rather have a known commodity, twenty three year old superstar, but a five hundred million price tag on him? What, 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 what? Well, at twenty three years old, I mean, this cat is worth <laughs> a farm system of a team that has something worthwhile, and as you know. Major League Baseball uses farm system players as trading pieces to get the actual players that they want. And without a salary cap, this would be a different conversation if there was a salary cap. But without a salary cap, we all know that baseball is an arms race. You know, I know you can go to the Florida Marlins and some other teams who kept low payrolls, but look at the last 25 years. The teams with the highest payrolls, the Bostons, the Yankees, the Dodgers, they're the ones that are winning the World Series more often than smaller uh, market or low payroll teams. And when you have a player like Juan Soto who is playing with a chip on his shoulder, you're going to get the best of the best of what he has right now in his career. He's not injury prone. He's electric. I mean, it's going to be sad when he goes. So since, yes, he will get traded. But it's like you have to pull the trigger on a player like that now because what do we know? Salaries in baseball are going to continue to go up. It was brought up on the four-letter network today that 25 years ago you had a, a, a bona fide, solid, all-star, all-pro player and somebody like Kirby Puckett. He signed a five-year deal, $3 million per, for $15 million. Now let that sink in. You got mm. players like like A Rod when he signed his contract with Texas and then the Yankees, who was making three hundred something million. But think about the difference between the players from the nineties and the players now and what they make. Players want those contracts so that they can stay in one uniform because what we forget for the general public, this is not the NFL. These contracts are guaranteed. So these mm-hmm. Bamas, when they getting old and decrepit, <laughs> injury prone and all of that. They can sit back in the dugout and still roll in that paper because yeah, yeah. Not, they're guaranteed. Right. Yeah. So for him to want and Scott Boris is his eight two. Come on. My man. So he's so he gonna get the most. He's gonna get the right. most. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get it. And he's not gonna go to a bad team because nope. baseball is allowed to spend as much money as they want to win. And don't be don't be surprised because if they, they hear the Yankees chirping around. That means the Astros going to try to jump in. We know that Texas money go far, that oil money. So, man, to, add, to answer your question, without a salary cap, yes, he will get paid that money. And if I'm an owner, I will pay for it because, look, what they pay these players on their payroll, remember, y'all, owners make billions. These are millionaires. Owners make billions every single year. 
So they're going to pay to get their championship because it keeps coming back to them full fold. Yeah, I think the difference is going to be who buys the team. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. If it's a yeah. big pocket owner, mm-hmm. like the new New York Mets owner right. who came in and said, I'm going to spend and we're going to build a big market team. We're not going to be the little brothers anymore. Right. If the Nationals get a big pocket owner, then having Soto on a team means a whole lot. Because yeah. now you've got your young superstar that you can build around around for the next decade plus. Yeah. Instead of searching it's for gonna one. It's going to be too late, Big Red. And it's having gonna the too late. And, He's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. Here. That's well, the sad part about it. He don't have to be gone. They, they can hold he him around because they still have him under contract for two more seasons. Yeah. I, think, I think it's really going to be if they are deep in negotiations with one or two people, I think it would be prudent for them to talk to these ownership groups and say, hey, what do y'all think about us trading Soto or not? And I think that's what's going on. What does Soto want to do? Does he want to stay? Does he want to stay or does he want to go? He wants to go because it's the same thing they did to Harper. Remember, he didn't like how they were blackballing him, but then he still had one leg in the door where he wanted to stay. When they start releasing stuff to the media and making him look bad, he took a lesser per year contract to go to the Phillies because he had washed his hands of being here. And I think that's where Juan Soto is right now. I think they pushed Soto in the position. Soto wanted to be respected. Those two contract offers that when you look at the number, oh my God, 350 million, 440 million. How could he possibly turn those down? And they leaked them for that, but they were below market value deals mm-hmm. exactly when you're the latest, when Mike Trout, yeah, yeah when you're the latest to get paid and your contract comes up you should be right. if you're not the highest paid player you should definitely be in the top two or three he was going to be right. like 15 right yeah starting yeah. the starting yeah. 13 the 15 year yeah. contract yeah how does that make sense that that's right and, he, and again he, i'm gonna just do that when mike trout got his big deal a few years back he was in the upper echelon, and Soto will be paid per year less than Mike Trout is getting right now. And that's why he was like, nah, I'm not doing And Mike Trout stay hurt. Right, and Mike Trout ain't got a ring. None. Nope. And won't get one. And Soto not only got a ring, <laughs> no. Soto was nope. big doing yep. that playoff push. That was his coming mm-hmm. out. So he was significant right. Right. about winning, helping him win the ring. So he's proven that he can play on the big stage. So, yeah. And then the last draw, when they didn't – Get get that man a jet to go out to the All Star game when that's yeah, kind of normal practice. That was terrible. <laughs> and told that, that man to fly commercial. Uh, no, yeah. They yeah, they did. That's oh, that was dirty. About. Yeah, that's dirty. Oh, that's why dirty. he won that whole run derby. He was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm launching these show national. <laughs> so. He ain't flew commercial since he was 17. So mm. yeah, that, that that yeah, that's that that that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about them Yankees, the Yankees. Have the number one record, best record in the MLB, sixty six and thirty one, leading the AL East by twelve and a half games over a good Toronto uh, team. So, I mean, it's not like they're in a bad division. Um, you got the Twins leading the AL Central by three and a half yeah. games. That's going to be a yeah, competitive, out there. competitive because yeah, you still got there. Cleveland. What are they? The Guardians now? Yeah, yeah the Guardians. Three and a half yeah. games back. Then you got the Chicago White Sox only four games back. So they're going to be battling down to the very end. 
Those Houston Astros. You love to hate them. Hey, Dusty. <laughs> Dusty Baker doing a hell of a job Dusty. down there. With, he what is. happens? We need somebody to clean up this garbage. Hire a black man or black woman. They fix it. Dusty been doing his thing down there. They lead the AOS 64-33, the second best uh, record in the majors, 12 they, games over Seattle. They're only two games out from, from the Yankees. I know. Yeah, two so, games out. And, yeah, and, and, they just, and, they just, and they just spanked Yankees in a series. Yeah. So don't give it to New York. Just They're not just going to lay down. And New York got to worry hey, about They probably the cheated. They cheated. Man. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, they cheated. Come on, man. We like Dusty. We dusty. We dusty. Oh, we we yeah. love dusty because yeah. that even go real quick. That even goes into the fact that that should have been his World Series because yes. he turned that team around yes. and didn't get enough no. credit for. It. And they ushered him out the door like he, was like he wasn't even there. But see, Dusty yep. don't take any mess. You know, mm-hmm. he like a Mark Jackson type. He like. Mm-hmm. So well, we've seen that before. Door. Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers. Yeah. We're talking about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We've seen how that goes. Yeah. Uh, the New York Mets, who start their Subway Series tonight with the New York yeah, Yankees, Yankees, have a fifty-nine to thirty-seven record. They only they only lead the Braves so by two games. The Braves are getting hot. The Braves are getting healthy, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, Milwaukee leads the Central, and then of course the Dodgers out there in LA, eleven and a half games up over the Padres. So yeah. it's going to be. And one uh, word about Philly, Big Reds. And they they nine games out, but remember they they without a hot Bryce Harper that broke his thumb. I think if they can get him back in the lineup towards you know the the latter half of the season, and they they kind of hang around there, the Phillies can get hot and pull that thing close too. Yeah, Bryce can get his uh, swing back coming off of mm-hmm. that thumb injury. That'll be interesting. And how willing is he going to be? To put them hands out there after getting your <laughs> getting your thumb broke. No, that's real. Yeah, I know, I know. That's real. Know. So it's gonna be real interesting. So, and I know yeah. you're gonna have some pictures that's gonna try to find out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Inside tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fastball ninety nine. Absolutely. Yeah. So the the Major League Baseball season sixty percent over. So we into that push. So it's, get ready, lock in for the boys this summer. Now, let's, let's talk about the NFL, and we're going to get into our division uh, preview of the NFC South real quick, but we can't start without first congratulating Kyler Murray yes. and the Cardinals on getting together, getting a five-year extension for $230.5 million. Well, 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 Big Reds, we, let's celebrate Kyler right now. Let's Let's hold <laughs> off on it. Let's hold off on okay. the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're going to get to that point. And, and like we try to do, we try to inform you of what, what's real money and what's fake money in these deals. So in Kyler Murray's deal, he only got a $29 million signing bonus. So his actual deal is actually pretty team-friendly because what oh. happens is when they give him these big signing bonuses, like that got $90 million when he signed his new contract. At signing, mm, mm, mm. so a, a lot of his bonus structure in this new deal is actually um, roster bonuses. Wow, which hit differently, um, but uh, one hundred four point three million of the two hundred thirty point five million was guaranteed at signing. So basically, 
Kyle is going to be with them through 2024 for sure. He's guaranteed $160 million if he gets injured in that time. Mm, mm, mm. But then there's some outs to that. But the big, big issue oh, with this money. whole deal, when you just made him the second highest paid player in NFL history per annual, per year annual amount, is that somehow it gets leaked that in his new deal, there's a clause that requires him to study four hours per week. This is the problem I have with this. I, I don't even know where to start. What? I, I don't even know if I need to start on the, the heavy bag or the speed bag. I, I don't know right. where I'm going to start. <laughs> I want the heavy but, bag. But, but here, here, here's what I will say about this. This, this, and, and I'm sure we all, we, you guys, everyone has, you know, a theory or opinion on this. But mine is simplified. The problem I have with this is because we're dealing with the history of the black quarterback in the NFL. Yep. And the perceptions that came along with that. Yep. Being that and and then being that we're incapable of learning plays, incapable of being mm-hmm. a leader. But but it goes back to the brain, it, the, the the ability to, to retain and process information and our study habits. But this is not an NFL problem. This is a historical problem that goes back into the slavery days where they the perception of black folks was that we were incapable of being anything but labor. This is the problem I have with this. And I'll leave it at that and I'll let and, and, and I'll let, let you guys go off on this because I know everyone has an opinion and, and I and I wanna we, we, we all need to, 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 to say something about this because this is outrageous that something like this would even first of all would even be included in a contract and then second of all for it to even get out where you at guys where, where we yeah, at it, it, this irritates me just as much as when they want to publish or leak the the wonderlick scores for yep. for there black quarterbacks <laughs> I, it's it's never an issue when you talk about a white quarterback but they always somehow want to leak out the scores for black quarterbacks so this stinks highly of, of, of those types of situations. And we all know, I mean, we all know, we know this, that there are quarterbacks across the league that have to study, that that get fussed out because they not spend enough time in the film room. Like, think about somebody like Josh McCown or somebody like that. But you never hear about them studying enough, right? Mm-hmm. But it's always the, the something that you got to put on the black quarterback to kind of make him stink or look bad in some way. I mean, we can throw Lamar Jackson in there. Every single time you got somebody that's always trying to make a former MVP now look bad and unworthy of what's coming down for him. You have people that don't think Kyler Murray is worth the money. But for you to do something like that, that lets people stand up and say, see, that's why I wouldn't have paid him that because he don't even study. And it sends a narrative that – He's not disciplined. He can't mm-hmm. lead. He doesn't yep. run the team well. He's, they called him a petulant little spoiled brat last year. Like, it's just different things like that. And really, if you notice Kyler Murray's demeanor, I know some of it, he needs to get corrected. But the fact of the matter is, is that he leads by example on the football field. We see it. We don't know what's going on off the field, but he doesn't get enough credit for what he does for that team on the football field. And I think today was a low point, not only for the Arizona Cardinals, 
but for the narrative that just keeps going over and over again throughout the NFL. And then you get all the, the pundits and talking heads piling on because they think this, they think in the same way. And when are we going to get away from, you know, people thinking that we're not intelligent enough, that we can't do this, we can't do that? Absolutely, he can lead a team. And people forget he was a, a, a star two-way, two-sport player. You know, mm-hmm. he could have went to baseball and probably made $500 million. We're talking about Soto. But the point is, is that I'm sick, tired of this always being – the, the the moniker or the label that's put on black quarterbacks. Yeah, it's a shame. I think this was a, a blatant attack by uh, the ownership or organization mm-hmm. to try to put Kyler Murray in his place mm-hmm. after Kyler Murray basically held their feet to the fire and told them, uh, I need a new contract. And they knew that he wasn't bluffing, that he wasn't going to play unless they paid him. So they felt forced to pay him because they were terrible performed, horrible, mm-hmm. and been a QB purgatory. Mm. And just drafted a quarterback with the top five picks the year before they drafted Kyle, Trash. who was a bust, who's a, a perennial backup, who who's not even a second-string backup anymore in the league. He a third-string backup trying to get on the back of somebody's roster. So, I mean, to do that to him after you already publicly humiliated him by leaking the stuff that he wasn't a leader, that the petulant child stuff and all that. And then you sign the man, you agree to pay him, and then you're going to let this out? It doesn't. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like, why would you? Why would you hurt your brand? Why would you not only hurt your brand, you alienate your the, the, your best your best in theory player? Doesn't make sense. What do you think about this, J three? Yeah, um, unfortunately, Kyler's in a position where he's going to have to continue proving himself so that people will get off his back, plain and simple. I mean, we all know he has a skill set, and like like Professor Jay said, he is a a, a two a two uh, two sport player, and he has the he has the skills and he has the talent. He just has to win. But you can't blame the quarterback on 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 their records when they're not winning, when the defense is not holding the other team down. Yeah, and the coach is very suspect. Oh my God, let's not even talk about yeah. the coach. Yeah, because everybody knows they 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 can get hot for a couple games, and by midseason you don't see no wins at all on that squad. Yeah, so we're gonna break down the Cardinals. So we we, we just want to put that out there about Kyler. Yeah, let's talk about the NFC South real quick. Um, of course, the Tampa Bay Bucks won the NFC South crown last year. Their favorites to repeat this year. They had a little scare. Uh, we all know Tom Brady retired for about five weeks <laughs> and then decided to come mm-hmm. back with some stipulations, uh, even though he says he didn't make those stipulations. But Coach Bruce Arians all of a sudden decides he's going upstairs. And now they've got the defense coordinator promoted to head coach, which gives Tom Brady and the offensive coordinator, the local boy, chance to really run the offense, Mr. Byron Leftwich, Leftwich. to run the offense the way they want to in their vision without having to worry about Bruce's uh, uh, no risk it, no biscuit offense being filtered in there. So you got some big stuff happening. 
But one of the big things that they are missing, they got, they got to replace both of the guards in their offensive line, which is interesting. And, of course, Rob Gronkowski retired again. O.J. <laughs> Howard, the other backup tight end, went to the Buffalo Bills. Um, so it was – they had some, some changes. Just announced today, though, they picked up another weapon. So I think they're going to go less tight end base, more wide receiver base. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much – this man's got left in the tank, but I think he's going to come and play in Tampa in that warm weather with Tom and try to prove to everybody that he's not done yet. Mr. Julio Jones signs a one-year yep, contract. Julio Jones. Adding another weapon to that <laughs> offense. So uh, what do y'all think about the Bucs? I, I hope Julio does uh, make a difference, but I don't see it. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done well in the last couple of years, so it'd be a shocker if he does. I think on paper the Bucks probably should win, but here's my concern with the, not only the Bucks but the entire NFC South <laughs> is that it's a transition year. Yep. And 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 you literally have come Black Monday or whatever we're calling it, all these coaches could be on the hot seat. And don't anyone say that Todd Bowles can't be gone after one year because we know how they do black coaches in the NFL. Absolutely. We've seen we've seen black coaches get fired after one year. Yep. So so will Tom Brady hit the wall? We we don't know. Um, you know, will the new pieces on along their offensive line fit? We don't know. Um, but on paper they they probably should. I would say the Saints but the Saints is also. Are we going? Am I getting ahead of it? You, you go ahead. I would. Start. I would say the Saints. Um, I like them better than I do the Bucks. But <laughs> they have a new coach, um, and I don't know what type of trouble Kamara is going to get. I mean, what type of suspension he's going to get? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's facing one. Um, you know, they have. Re- they finally uh, got off the Michael Thomas train and 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 brought in some talent at receiver. To, to, to help Kamara if he's you know for how many games he's there, uh, but I, I I do like the Bucks. I still want to go with the Bucks, and I want to see Todd Bowles succeed because that Jets experiment, you know, he had no support whatsoever exactly. in, from the front office. So I like the Bucks. I like. Yeah. So this year, I do think Tom Brady does hit the wall. And you just started talking about it. I'm going to tell you why. Because that Saints defense is going to be nasty. And I know you just said they're trying to rebuild the offensive line. And the last time Tom Brady had a horrific injury, I believe they they were playing the Chiefs when he suffered that knee injury when they were in a little bit of transition that year with the Patriots line. So I think he – I'm not going to say he's going to get hurt. I'm not going to wish that on the man. But I think he's going to have a lot of problems winning that division. I will say this about the Bucks: I think Julio and Gage will be motivated for two games this coming year. That's against the Atlanta Falcons. So I think both of them will have nice games in that situation. He's going to be a red zone threat, which means they don't have to play him every down because he's not that player anymore. But when they get inside the 20s, I think because Rob Gronkowski was your guy in that area now, with his catch radius being better than anybody else on the team, probably close to um, uh, Evans. But now you got another weapon in the red zone that they can throw to. Um, I think they just signed a tight end as well. I can't remember his name, but he is – Rudolph. I want to say Rudolph. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. So Mm -hmm. 
he's an okay tight end. He's not Gronk, but he can catch, especially in the red zone. So you know how they do. They're going to make sure Brady get as many whatever weapons as he can. They straight in the backfield. Um, I still am picking the Saints because I believe that we've been teased by how Jameis Winston has developed as a quarterback. I'm not sure what they were thinking by paying Taysom Hill, but he is going to be the guy finally this year. You know, Michael Thomas coming off an injury and his little pseudo holdout and all of that. So I'm hoping that he can return. I hope Keyshawn Johnson talked to him because that's his cousin or nephew or something and kind of get him back in the fold. And they put a few little decent weapons back in there on offense. Yeah, Kamara is a question mark. So it's going to be a race between those two teams because I don't see the Falcons doing much of anything for Carolina. Yeah, the Falcons under second season head coach Arthur Smith, they're in transition. They got rid of Matt Ryan, let Matt Ryan go after they failed to win uh, the sweepstakes and bringing in the quarterback who had 24 cases against him. I don't know what organizations were thinking of letting that get out public that they were actively going after him but we you know so they brought in marcus mariota as kind of a bridge quarterback but then you got to realize with the uh falcons they're gonna be without calvin ridley well they do have they do have um what's the kids pits they do have him at tight end yeah Mm -hmm. but after that they have no running backs right their other receiver they did draft the kid out of usc drake london drake london but again, their middle linebacker, he might not be playing right now. He he might be a cap casualty. Right. Uh so I, I just don't I, I don't the Saints, yeah. Arthur Smith, I, I Bryce Young might be in Atlanta next year. Well they did draft Desmond Ritter. Bryce Young might be in the uh I think Desmond Ritter <laughs> might get a chance to actually play some games this year, but I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I, I, I think if Jameis Winston, A, can come back off of that injury healthy and continue to show that he can cut down the interceptions at least in half with the weapons that they put in New Orleans. They have Landry now. And yeah, they, they picked Al- up Landry. Al- Alave mm-hmm. or whatever. Chris Alave. Alave from, from Ohio State. State. Mm, Michael yeah, Thomas yeah. is supposed to be close to 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, they got outside weapons with – yeah, they could People be get a chance to throw for four to, to five thousand yards again. Yeah, but they just can't gun. have them throwing thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. So y'all yeah. just disrespecting yeah. the Panthers. Y'all just who? Who? Rule getting fired this year, man. Rule getting fired. Thomas next year. He got Baker. Okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. Enough said. Yeah. Right. When, I'm going to leave that alone. When, when, when your starting quarterback is between Baker Mayfield, who you just traded for, who flopped to his team, and Sam Darnold, who you traded for a year before, for the same reason, flopped for their team, come on now. Mm. And the coaches. And if I'm Christian McCaffrey, I get ready to limp myself on out of Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I'm hurt, coach. I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, he might not have a chance. He might not have a choice. I don't so. know, man. I think Baker Mayfield gonna gonna show y'all out. Watch what I tell you. Okay. Watch what I tell you. The Panthers are still horrible. <laughs> I just think that don't be look. I I I do think they're horrible. But if Baker somehow somehow he got somehow, new commercials coming out. Watch. He's gonna get if hurt, he's man. Some, <laughs> he's gonna get hurt. If he, if he somehow hurt. has a 
has a bounce back. They have Deontay Foreman, who took over for the King in Tennessee last year. Yeah. They rebuilt that offensive line. They got the kid, the center from Baltimore, Bozeman, which was a great pick. I don't know how they Baltimore let him go. And they, they drafted uh, the tackle the tackle out of NC State, Ekinawu, whatever yeah. you pronounce his name. So I don't know, man. They, they got the kid out of Maryland for the receiver. What's his name? The, the, the young brother. Uh, shoot. But I just think that Carolina won't. I think the Falcons, they won't finish last in that division. Mm. I know that's not saying a lot, but. I give you that. I yeah. give you that. Yeah. Did you hear I, me? I have. Me- I got Baker getting hurt. I heard mm-hmm. you. No nah, man, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because he's Matt Corral he gonna do. He's gonna try to do season. too much. If Matt Corral I don't think so. by middle of the season, I don't think so. will get fired, and it won't even take until January. He's gonna put in Corral to try to save his job, and saying, "Look, we're getting the young fella ready." So, okay, all right. So that is uh So real quick, so we can finish up in the NFC South. Um, Tampa, New Orleans, winning the South. I'm gonna go with Bucks. I want the Saints to win, but I'm gonna go with the New Bucks. Only Lovin. because I'm New scared Lovin. of Kamara not being there. I don't know how long Kamara's gonna be. What do you say, Jay? Who that? I'm going with the Who that Nation. Okay. okay. Black and gold. Everybody keep waiting for Brady to fall off. The, the, you know, to go over the edge. Tom Brady gonna throw for 4,500 yards and have 40 Ooh. touchdowns this year. Mm. <laughs> well, I hope so. For and he's gonna be sake. He's sitting at home at playoff time. Uh oh. First one. Uh oh. Out. All right. All right. We see you, BJ. We see you. I, I would love to see Jameis do his thing, but I I just think Tampa Bay is gonna be prime. And if they missing something in the middle of the season, they are gonna go get some old veteran that pop in and fill it in. So. You heard it here first. He gonna be Brady and Dak this year. Watch what I tell you. Mm. That's impressive. All right, it is time for our final post of the evening, so we can get up out of here. Ed, why don't you start us off, on? I, I just I know we talked about it earlier today, but I listen. I just want us to 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 pay more attention to to women's sports. We always champion women's sports on this show. Never fails. Big Reg as a big women's sports uh, fan. Professor, you are too, J3. You're always talking about it. Um, so we always have, we always, we always bring up women's sports. And I think it's time that we realize that women are just, we just have, we have great women's sports in this country. I mean, and, and throughout the world, but let's, but I mean, we have a great women's soccer team. We have great U.S. track and field teams. Uh, we have great tennis players. All these women have represented this country and themselves and their families for years. Let's celebrate them. Amen. Oh, Excellent. and I'm sorry, and great women's basketball, too, um, as, as evidenced by uh, 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 the Olympic sports and how they, how they always show up. Dominate, so yes. <laughs> let's, 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 let's give them their due, man. I mean, goodness gracious, it's, it's time. I'm with you. Professor, what you got for me? Yeah, I just want to ask everyone out there in virtual land, just continue to keep all the men here you see and our two partners that you don't see in your prayers. Uh, We may not look it, we may not say it all the time, but we have some storms going on in our families, people that are sick or ailing. We just ask that you continue to lift them up, you know, pray for our strength as well and for speedy recoveries for all those involved. Amen. Amen. J3. So I just want to bring a, a bright spot to this to this moment. 
Uh, this makes day 60 for my 30-day uh, challenge. So I'm just telling y'all, it can be done. It can be done. You just got to take one day at a time. Next That's stop right. is 90 days. So let's go. At 5 a.m. in the morning every Five. day. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Mark Davis. Kind of on the same thing. The Las Vegas Raiders owner is also the owner of the Las Vegas Aces, which is the women's WNBA team. When he moved the team, moved the Raiders to Vegas, um, one of his first things he did once the stadium was done was he went to the casino who actually owned the Aces and said, I want to buy them, and I'm going to put money behind them and support them. Mark Davis has put action behind buying the Aces. One, hiring Becky Hammond, who was an assistant coach on the NBA level, former WNBA All-Star, uh, one of the uh, 25 greatest players ever, hired her as his head coach and made her the first million-dollar-a-year <clears throat> coach. Mm. He's brought back all of his former players. Now, the Aces have been in three different locations, going back to Utah where they first started, and then they went to San Antonio, now they're in Las Vegas, reaching out to all the uh, – past players, bringing them back, flying them into Las Vegas, bringing them to games and all that. And then the way he supports his players and all that, shout out to Mark Davis. Yes. Now, on the football side, there may be some issues about that, but what he's doing for the Las Vegas Aces is great, and that has shown up by them being the second-best team right now in the WNBA. And, again, they're playing in the Commissioner's Cup for pots tonight, which will be anywhere from – Five to more than ten percent of their annual salary for one game. So yeah. shout out. Yeah. And he brought the sister in to clean the football side up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And has a black president yeah. for his WNBA team. Black female president. So he's doing his thing. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate your time and opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. We're here each and every Tuesday, seven PM for our next show. Um, please join us live, but if for some reason you can't check us out live, you can view pr previous shows on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. Just search Positions on Sports Talk Show. They'll pop up. Um, you can also check us out. Um, we, we're on Twitter, at Positions on SPO1. Um, we're uh, going to the, the latest fad, TikTok, so look for more and more items to be dropped by post on TikTok. So we're just looking to do some things, keep expanding. So please, we appreciate your support. No matter what medium you check out, please do us a favor, like and subscribe. Scriptures free. It would be greatly appreciated. And again, stay safe this week. We'll see you next week, Tuesday, 7 p.m., same bad time, same bad channel. Peace. Peace. Peace.